for uh, chasing wins this year. This is Chasing Wins. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, Jordan Poole, uh, you mentioned a couple things about that, um, turnovers and decision-making. Uh, what do you think about, you know, obviously he's had a really bad series so far. I mean, that's an understatement. Um, he had zero points, 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. Last game, he only played 10 minutes. Uh, he was a minus 6. Since game one, because he, he had 21 points in game one, and they were running some good stuff, some ball screens. Um, he was just, you know, he hit six threes. But since then, I mean, he's been, I wouldn't even say pedestrian. Like, he has just been a clear negative on the court. Um, what about Jordan Poole are you seeing that, you know, that can explain why he's struggling the way he has? And how do you see him maybe – resolve those issues in game five and going forward, if you even see it at all. Um, because I want to give it an opportunity here to like, I, I do still think he's talented enough to figure it out. I just, it's not looking great. And it's not just the offensive end, right? It's the defensive end. It's not like if, if it was GP two, right. Giving you two points or it's eight points or zero points. Like you already know his value comes on the defensive end and, He's, he's adding, you know, he's not turning the ball over. Like, he's doing positive things out there. Jordan, if he's not scoring the basketball, he's not adding value in other ways necessarily. I mean, as a playmaker, he's average, maybe slightly above average at best. Um, you know, and, and so, like, when you kind of put all those things together, like, again, what do you, what do you see in him uh, so far, and what do you think about his role going forward? Okay, so first thing is Jordan, generally speaking, plays better at home than he does on the road, uh, especially in a playoff setting where he's just not accustomed to dealing with uh, pressure. When pressure hits, he has a tendency to kind of shut down and kind of this is where he this is when he starts doing the crazy shit like you know, turning the ball completely inexplicably, losing his dribble, slipping on the floor, doing some goofy shit where, he probably wouldn't be pl making that play if he was more under control, more poised. Uh, yeah, just composed in general. And he kind of loses that the more pressure there is. And obviously, there's more pressure on the road. Uh, you know, he had a pretty good game in game one. Jordan Poole did. He had 21 points on 15 shots. He hit like six threes. Uh, and that was, that was at home, right? Uh, so... There are opportunities for him to be able to play well, and um, we can definitely expect him to play better in Game 5 because it's at home. I think we can hopefully expect the same from Klay Thompson, who's just been a disaster on the road. You know, these first two games, just completely atrocious. You know, the first, first game on the road, six turnovers. Zero assists to six turnovers. That is just completely atrocious, right? And then uh, this the ga uh, Game 4... Like he's burping up like hero shots because he's not getting looks or I understand it. It can get frustrating, right? But he just has to be patient until and let the game come to him, you know? And it just forcing the issue and taking these ill-advised shots, that, that's just not it. And you have to accept that the Lakers and elite teams are going to do what they can to take something away 
Uh, and if it, if in the pick and roll, that means taking something away from Clay Thompson, then that is what it is. They're still generating amazing offense when they run that pick and roll uh, with AD up top. So you have to go with what works best above all. You know, this is not, we don't have the liberty. We don't have the leisure, the luxury, uh, yeah. the luxury or whatever you want to call it, the margin for a margin for error to be messing with like, Oh, but we got to sacrifice this and that so that hopefully Jordan Poole can get going. You know what I'm saying? Those The time for that is over. So he either needs to produce or he doesn't, right? Well, and I'm noticing like, on him. The, the lineups when Steph and, and Poole are on the court. Um, Steph tends to, at times, like defer and like allow Jordan to kind of get in rhythm and, and develop some, some, con- some continuity and, and, and settle into the game. You don't think you, you think like look it's boomer bust if if he you know starts off hits the ground running and he plays well like you ride that wave but if he um, comes out turnover you know misses some shots and bad defense, defense then it's he's just unplayable and people think I like don't like Jordan Poole but I just don't like how he plays like I I just think he's not a he doesn't he's not a winning player. Um, he doesn't add to winning when the ball doesn't go in the basket. Um, this is why I love like guys like Otto Porter, GP two, um, and to a lesser extent, Dante Dante's had a rough playoffs, but you see like even last game, he had 10 points, but it wasn't even the points. There were some plays where he got a couple stops. Like even though Dante's probably the lower tier of, of the, of the role players, like you still see like how he's way, he's just clearly more playable than Jordan. Right, he's just fighting over screens. He's active. He's trying to, you know, make something happen with the on the glass. Like he's trying to make an impact. He's limited, but you know, like Jordan, it's just like if shots aren't falling, his value is almost non-existent on the court. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you just kind of see, you know, what he can give you, and if he doesn't give you anything, you kind of got to you got to bench him. Um, and there's a long-term thing to this as well, where, you know, maybe we have to move off of him in the off season as well. Um, if this isn't going to be a fit, which it probably won't be. Um, I don't see it, but you know, like Steph deferring, you know, it's, it looks good when it's Kevin Durant, but when it's Jordan Poole or when it's Clay Thompson or when it's Draymond, like it's just a different, it's just a different look. Like it's just less efficient possessions. It's not as, you know, it's not as sexy. It's not as, um, is you're just not going to get the same looks, right? And I get what Steph is doing. He's trying to get others involved and trying to get them in rhythm, trying to incorporate and involve everybody. But, I mean, the way Jordan Poole has been playing, I don't know what you do. I mean, they're running high ball screens. I think the one thing they can do a little bit better, and this is on Jordan too, to like make a conscious effort to attack in the non-AD minutes downhill. Like you gotta like get into the paint, find a way to draw fouls. He really he's gotten like one free throw or like he hasn't even. I don't think he's gotten like more than five free throws all series. I think it's Trey, like, I, no yeah. Trey. I think that's part of the problem is that right. he flails and flops around too much, uh, hoping for calls that don't come. Uh, right. The playoffs is generally more just defense is more. You're allowed to be more aggressive defensively, and you have right. to adjust to that. And, uh, you know, you just can't be flopping all over the place, hoping for calls and then get upset looking at the refs and all this and let it get to your head. And now you don't know what to do. Like, just play the game, honestly. 
and try to finish as strongly as you humanly possibly can. But more importantly, uh, from a playmaking standpoint, uh, unless Steph Curry is off the floor, then he can look to uh, create because he has to as the secondary point guard. Um, but when he's sharing the floor with Steph, Steph is creating and providing easy opportunities and shots for everybody. Let Steph Curry do the handling. And if Jordan doesn't end up getting a shot uh, out of that situation, then it is what it is, okay? If he does get an opportunity to shoot, giving Clay a rest or something like this because he ends up being open, then take it and be aggressive. If you have open space, uh, cut and look for layups. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't just stand around. Uh, learn to move without the ball. Uh, that's that what the, that's what they've been practicing all all season, right? His uh, value, his value is predicated on his all his output and his production offensively. How efficient he is. Are you optimistic? Um, and I'll be honest, like for me to be optimistic, I need it needs to be evidence based. I need to see things, a trend, uh, an indicator, and an, a sign, some type of you know, indication that there is something to work with going forward where we can build off of it. And are like, are, what is your, what are your levels of optimism in terms of him being able to be effective and, and, um, you know, enter back in the series in a way where he can be, you know, on the court for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And we're like, are you, is there any part of you that believes that it's possible or probable or like and then even with gp2 as well like as a closer do you think like what are your thoughts on those two players kind of going forward like how do you see them fitting in okay so once again in regards to the gp2 they need to figure out like is he food poisoned like is he does he is he did he catch some of what loon had like what is the deal with him why was he throwing up uh, after the first six minutes of the first quarter, uh, like, why is he, like, what is he going through? Like, we kind of need to understand that uh, in order to figure out, like, what minutes to use him and stuff like this. If he's okay, if he can go, then uh, you just need to play him. Uh, in, in, the, uh, in the fourth quarter, he did start playing in that fourth quarter. Just a couple of possessions didn't go the best possible. And it's almost as if Kurgis was like, okay, like, I'm just going to stop. It's almost kind of like, okay, Kuminga failed to, you know, do a fundamental play. Um, and now you're just not going to play anymore at all. You know, this is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's perfect. Uh, somebody's going to make some mistakes along the way. You know, Clay, six turnovers, the zero assists is disgusting, right? But, like, you give all these other guys, like, all the leeway in the world to whatever, find their rhythm. But it's like when it comes to GP2, we know what his value is. And we know from a consistent standpoint, he's going to come through the longer you play him, right? Because yeah, uh, because he's possession by possession. Every possession, he, the attention to detail, the ability to box out uh, bigger guys and just knowing to put a body on them to begin with and never losing sight of that. Just stuff like that. Winning plays, right? The intangibles. He's always there for that. So to take him out because you... If, if that's what happened, because that looked like it looked like there's no reason for GP to not have been able to come back from uh, a physical standpoint. Like, oh, he was throwing up or he, he wasn't healthy enough to play. It wasn't like that. It's just he got yanked. So yeah, there's a difference. 
so assuming like he's at full health and strength, like do you Gotta. expect do you expect Steve to close with him or no? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go. He's better than Moody, who is a second year player. Moody has played really well, don't get me wrong. You know, and he's yeah. got a little more length on him and he's got a little more size on him on GP2 as well. But we're talking about the best of the best when it comes to GP2 and his role, you know. Moody's- and then with Jordan, uh, do you expect him like to find his footing in this series at all? In game so Jordan, five? I'm yeah. going to say uh, very specifically that you have to understand the difference between home games and road games. And you have to do, you have to use them differently. You have to, um, you know, at home, you can give them maybe a little bit of a longer leash because he, because they do play better at home. And if you're, if him being on the floor yields good results, which tends to happen at home, right? Then you have more rope to be able to do some of the things that you're talking about in terms of allowing him to be effective and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just from the standpoint of being able to hit shots better at home. And, you know, even in the second game, you know, he, he only played 16 minutes, but he also had five fouls. So he was in foul trouble. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he was hitting, he shot three of six from the field, which is 50% at the end of the day. Whereas on the road, he shot two nine and 0 for four. Okay, you see the difference there? Yeah. Uh, so... You see the pressure get to the guy. It is what it is. You're, it's it's do or die every single game moving forward. You know, game five is do or die. Game six is do or die. <laughs>